Hey guys, Selena here letting you know about this month's Fresh Health Award. This month, we gave the award to East Point Potato. We love seeing Half Your Plate logos on consumer packaging, and this month we spotted them on East Point Potato Bags. Congrats to the team at East Point. If you'd like to nominate someone for the Fresh Health Award, simply send me an email at S-K-A-R-K-A-S-H. Now on to the podcast. Hi, and welcome to Produce Talks, the CPMA podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to check out elearning.cpma.ca. That's elearning.cpma.ca. There you can check out all the online learning resources that are available through the CPMA, including podcasts, online learning tools, and our upcoming webinars. This month on Produce Talks, we're bringing you to our learning lounge on the CPMA trade show floor for the session on Produce Disruptors. NAFTA, ELDs, and other acronyms that are having huge impacts on how business needs to approach trade, transportation, and technology. So how do we mitigate these produce disruptors and ensure we're prepared for what's to come? Our panel of senior industry executives debate what they see as essential details that companies need to pay attention to moving forward. On the panel are Brent Lloyd from the Star Group, Guy Millette from Crochet Rose, Stuart LePage from the Oppenheimer Group, and it's hosted by Allison Robertson from the Ontario Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association. Here we go. So my first question, guys, what would you consider to be the biggest disruptor in produce right now? Start with you, Guy. Well, produce disruptor for me, uh, they could be very challenging from different angles, some from transportation, uh, some will be uh, electronic uh, data that uh, um, I think it, it affects us a lot. And this is personally one of my biggest challenge. Uh, produce industry has been very human contact basis. And in the last some year, uh, we've got iTrades, we got SAP system, we got EDIs on different form. And uh, the biggest product disruptor for me is the human contact that we're losing in communication in trading, in buying and selling, where you can receive tons of POs over a week period without talking to anybody. I mean, I found it a little bit sad, but uh, this is one of the major issues for me. And it what makes this industry so nice is human contact and is losing. So if there's one thing that people should do uh, is, is really try to keep that contact with, with vendors, with suppliers, with, uh, with customers, with carriers, anybody. I mean, it's it what's make our industry so nice. Stuart? Uh, a big big emergence that uh, that I've seen, and one that's going to continue to grow moving forward. I think is the online the online presence. Uh, companies like Amazon Fresh that are that are going all in on, on fresh produce uh, through online means, and it's it's going to be a big uh, not only just a big disruptor to that, but people are going to have to change the way they sell, the way they look at, the way customers buy produce, and. And companies who are able to take advantage of that and, and get in the game and understand the opportunity there, I think we'll see uh, we'll see huge benefit going forward out of that. I would agree with uh, Stuart on that. Uh, I would also say that the impending uh, challenges we have on the supply chain with the logistics and the e-logs is certainly throwing a wrench into everything. I think excellent points from my colleagues. Uh, the personal. Uh, I've been in this business for 42 years, and I've always what I've really enjoyed about it is the pe- dealing with the people, and that interaction is starting to fade. So what we like to do at our company is get people on the phone, you know, continue to, to push that uh, relationship building. So I think we can all 
all agree. I mean, it's the partnerships and the people. So how are you, and you've touched on it a bit, Brent, how are you now dealing with some of your partners to, to manage these disruptors? Brent? Innovation is an area that we're focusing on. Uh, new products, new technologies that we're bringing uh, through our, our greenhouse operation in Coaldale on, on lettuce, on proprietary varieties that we're bringing to the marketplace. Uh, we're focusing on flavor, on big taste, and we're trying to seek out the best eating, best tasting varieties that are grown, you know, throughout the world, and getting people involved in experiencing those those things. So, yeah, I think it's it's changing the way business was typically done in the past. I think if if you're not flexible to meet the changing needs of both of the end using customer as well as as well as the retailer. Uh, or, or wholesaler that, that you're, you're selling to, it's, uh, it's important to be flexible. It's important to think outside the box and find new solutions. There's so many competitive companies out there trying to sell similar commodities, similar products, similar services. Uh, you know, how can you differentiate yourself, as Brent mentioned, based on product quality or service offerings or, or whatever that is to stand out from the competition? One of the uh, main disruptors that we had uh, lately, I think we had so many discussion on that this week, is the e-log. Um, it, it brought a new problems, but technically, like we were talking earlier, uh, these rules has been there for so long. The e-log is just applying uh, the rule by the book, electronic book. So how do we adapt to this? Uh, in our case, we had to change our receiving hours because most of the short run, that is overnight deliveries, were suddenly becoming a, not overnight and morning delivery, but afternoon delivery. So... Um, we first thought it was going to be a very small problem with a few trucks, but end up being 15, 20 trucks a day. And this is only with the U.S. e-log. Once Canada get into the, the e-log as well, it's just going to get things worse. Can we change these uh, disruptors? No, you need to adapt. And I would say uh, for the Ontario Food Terminal, we're already discussing that because our fear is, and we've heard from from farmers that, you know, the hours of driving, let's say, from Leamington down to Toronto and then selling all day and driving home, they're going to be over their hours. So we're looking at shortening the hours of the market just because of the, the new e-logs. So I'm going to guess another disruptor is the moving target of trade. We've got CPTP, we've got NAFTA, wherever that's going every day. Do you see opportunities? Do you see challenges? Where do you see uh, this going for your businesses? Well, I think as far as the NAFTA goes, um, you know, you follow the uh, the mood of the president there, and it's kind of all over the map. So I think what's really important there is you have to have one unified voice speaking instead of many, many different uh, messages going out. So I think that everyone should continue to engage uh, you know, their local associations, international association to speak on their behalf. Um, from the CPPT uh, issue, there's there's less impediments there because we've always been able to access a lot of product that has not been able to get into the United States, you know, from areas such as Australia and, and South America. So that's, that has less of an impact from my vision on it. But the NAFTA thing, I, I just kind of was waiting in the weeds to see how that shakes out, but I, I think you can't you can't have a knee-jerk reaction. I really think you have to have a unified a unified message. Yeah, to, to Brent's point, I, I think it, it highlights the need more than ever uh, for us as an industry to get behind you know CPMA, CHC, uh, the the industry regulation groups to really to present one united 
position when it comes to, to these opportunities and, and more than ever highlights the value that the team at CPMA and everyone brings to its members. Um, speaking out there, being directly involved in the, the NAFTA negotiations, um, you know, the AGM, the CPMA AGM yesterday had our chief ag negotiator for NAFTA here making a presentation. I mean, they want to hear what the industry has to say and then take that included into their port when they're meeting with the, uh, the other countries. I think on the NAFTA side, um, personally, we are in the distribution area. We're not on the growing side. NAFTA is more uh, going and touching directly growers. Uh, than distributor, but uh, from a CPMA point of view, it's it's a huge thing because there's a big core business about grower uh, in the CPMA, and uh, it's something to follow very closely. And now it's time to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Nature Fresh Farms. Hi everyone, it's Kara here from Nature Fresh Farms. It's that time of year again. On top of being busy at work, the kids are back in school. Packing healthy lunches to fuel their learning and get you through your workday can sometimes seem challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Include healthy snacks like apples or bananas that don't need to be repackaged. And on your busiest days, opt for foods that require less prep time, like snacking tomatoes. For more easy ways to incorporate fresh and healthy foods into your family's healthy lunches, visit our website at naturefresh.ca. And now back to the conversation. So uh, getting back to the e-logs, because I know this is a hot topic, but we also have shortage of drivers. Now we're looking at teams driving, which is going to drive up the cost. And uh, I, I would guess our industry isn't the poster child that these guys want to deliver for. I mean, we're, it's perishable, it's time sensitive. So what thoughts do you have on how, as an industry, we address this? Is it, again, with the receiving? Is it getting these trucks on the road, turning them around sooner? Uh, what, how are you dealing with the challenges of, of trucking? I mean, we're, we're, we don't have enough trucks or truckers on the road, right? No, oh, I was going to say, there's, as uh, you know, different stats you can read today, but there's already a reported 48 to 50,000 driver shortage in the U.S. today. Uh, they're saying in another 10 years, that'll be over 100,000, 100,000 trucks without drivers. That's, uh, that's a scary thing. And, and we know um, the legislation isn't going to change. You know, th- these laws are in place for safety and, 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 as I said, have been in place before. It's now the enforcement that's changed. But what the industry can do better to serve it is to come up with best practices and, and share them to be collaborative, to find ways that we can make um, our freight attractive for carriers and not just on price. We, we can always buy capacity on price and that will always be there. But we want to, to create efficiencies, whether it's loading, whether it's unloading. You know, the, the drive for teams is great. It's, it's, it's a band-aid solution though, because at the end of the day, all, all a team truck does is take one additional truck off the road by creating one that can move, uh, um, more consistently. So I think the industry coming up with best practices and really being desirable, you know, the, the days of four, six, eight hour loading times and four, six, eight hour unloading times, guys simply won't do it. You know, the, the amount you're going to pay as a surplus to that is not going to offset the lost revenue from that unit having to spend those kind of times loading and unloading. So I think it's going to be a, a huge factor of what we can change. Yeah, um, I think uh, on the, um, there's a certain originality uh, to that problem. Uh, being in Montreal and hauling from California, this is a, the further point you can carry product. We've been using uh, team for so long and we're still using team. So other than moving the price up, they haven't affected us too much. But on the short run, everything that goes from the east uh, has been greatly affected. Uh, it is very hard. The driver now can have 
um, negotiation about where to go, where not to go. They'll send you a list, so I don't want to go there anymore because the main issue is the waiting time. So uh, the e-log manifest is not really on the driving time. It's more on waiting time, and it's a big battle. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of drivers are not properly educated on how to really use and, and perform with their e-log manifest, but I will come. I mean, uh, give it a few months. I think uh, uh, it, will, it will require some industry uh, specification, but uh, we will adapt. Brent? I would agree. I think you, there's a real focus on best practices, trying to expedite the loading and unloading, uh, because the drivers will do that for a while, and then they'll say, no, I'm not taking that lane anymore. But you still have a customer to service. And uh, I think you know if you turn a blind eye to this and don't have these discussions with your with your shippers and your receivers to say how can we effectively service you better, you know, and by enabling us to get off loaded sooner, or loaded sooner, we're going to continue to revolve and churn through through trucks and uh, and people are going to select which receivers and shippers they want to go to, like you're saying, Guy. Other industries, it's it's a supply and demand based. Transportation is a supply and demand based uh, pendulum, and and right now the the ball is frankly in the court of the carriers. So rates are high, freight is attractive. What carriers are now doing is they're trying to get as many extra units on the road as they can to take advantage of this hot market, which will eventually oversaturate the market with capacity and swing the pendulum back this way. But uh, you know that that cycle tends to happen in a ten to fifteen year swing historically. But this time it could be a lot worse based on the state of the market today, how long before we reach some sort of equilibrium in the middle or the ball comes back in favor of the shipper instead uh, of the carrier. Let's not forget uh, that um, the industry has been in constant evolution since ever, since the horse and wagon was there until today. So every slice, that, I don't remember that. <laughs> Yeehaw! But uh, the point with this is every slice of five or ten years has brought some major changes in the industry. Today we call them disruptor, but they're always there. I mean, we, we deal with it. It costs, there's a price to it. Uh, it will change the face. We have to find better way to do uh, transportation. I mean, uh, funnily, everybody thought in the 90s that the rail were completely gone. Now suddenly, uh, in the last 20 years, has been grabbing some business with uh, different uh, uh, road model, and, and rail has been a interesting input. So what's going to be next? Uh, we're looking maybe in the 2030, something like uh, beam me up, Scotty, and <laughs> you see your pallet goes. I mean, we're not there yet. But. Can you quote that exactly that way? That'd be perfect. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about the, the presenter from Deloitte at lunch. And I mean, all this technology and it's robots and it's scanning and it's, you know, what... Each of you, what are you doing in your businesses that you didn't see even five, ten years ago with technology? Well, we've got far more automated in our uh, hothouse operations, robotic planting. It's basically not touched. Uh, our program that we have right now, the lettuce is not touched until it's physically packed in the bag uh, or, the, or the clamshell. So, you know, a technology, you have to, you have to continue to strive to to get as efficient as possible. And I think technology is where you have to exploit, you know, whether it's uh, robotic palletization, that kind of thing, because with another disruptor is the minimum wage increased, you know, huge. And everyone's, you know, there's a, we could stay here all day on disruptors, you know, from, from the discount formats entering the marketplace to, 
people trying to redefine themselves and, and to drive cost out of the equation. And in the meantime, our costs are going up. So we have to get as efficient as we can. And we've put a lot of effort into technology in that respect. I think government policy, like minimum wage, is a huge disruptor that a lot of times we don't even see it coming and it just sideswipes us. Yeah. I think uh, from the technology piece specifically, I mean, there's such great stuff being done in manufacturing, but something as simple as, as uh, the GPS temp recorders that we put on shipments now. Ten years ago, that was unfathomable, that we could have a real recorder that would cost you $35 that you could put on your load, giving you real-time GPS location of that trailer and what the temperature is inside the box. It gives us so much control and visibility uh, of our freight and creating efficiencies, going back to labor in, in all elements of the supply chain, that as opposed to having to have somebody call the truckers multiple times a day to get updates and locations, you can get that integrated with your system now. You can get reporting as, as frequently as you like. And, and the efficiencies that come out of it, as well as the, the installation of accountability. Um, and, I mean, it, it's a daily find for us that, you know, when you have so many shipments you move and so many truckers out there, if you can find a reefer that was set incorrectly at the shipper or a reefer that's malfunctioning, you can find out about that in real time and get it fixed, potentially before you've spoiled a load or risked a rejection or whatnot like that. And, and again, that technology 10 years ago would have been unfathomable. That's absolutely, absolutely true. Um, we're in 2018. We're sending people on the moon. Can we know where the truck is? The answer is absolutely. And the temperature is a good aspect of it. Uh, our supervisor used to have like five or six phone and going nuts all day long. Today he's got like eight screen and he's going bonanza with his screen. But we've got real time information that we give to customers, to, to salesperson. Uh, we don't have any more call. Where's my truck? I mean, it's like, it changed, it changed everybody's uh, daily work, uh, and, and it brought to the service level to, to another point. Uh, today, I was talking earlier um, from wholesale position distribution, we became a service provider. People come to us. They don't ask the price of lettuce and tomatoes. It's, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you deliver there three times per week? And if the answer is yes, then you move on. But if you cannot say yes to these first portion, you're not going anywhere. So we're service provider, Dan Produce Company. Now I have some other questions, but I thought I should open it up to the floor to stay on time so I'm not in trouble from Jane. What, uh, is there any questions out there for, for the guys? It's only $5 per question. Yeah, $5 per question or buy them a beer. They'll, they'll answer anything. No question? Well, then my question is... That's an easy question. Yeah. It's easy. It's the beginning of the day for them. We'll go for a second round of questions. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, I'll start it off then. Are you, and I'll ask all of you, are you optimistic the way things are going for our industry? Pessimistic, short-term, long-term? I mean, I, I always worry. I mean, we, we have tight margins in this industry. And, I mean, all these innovations cost money, and they can also save money. So I'll ask each one of you, starting with Brent, you know, are you optimistic, pessimistic, short-term, long-term? I'm optimistic. Uh, we're right in the, we're in the right space right now with the focus on fresh and a focus on healthy eating. Uh, our industry is positioned to right in the catbird seat. So I look at that and say the new evolution of the, the better tasting products that we're bringing to the marketplace, the uh, resurgence and the young people that are coming into the business. I'm really excited about that. I've been doing this for many years, but we've got a lot of bright young minds coming in that are teaching us and helping us with the technology because believe me I'm not the guy for technology but uh, no I, I'm optimistic you know as much as you're having a bad day with respect to the disruptors 
when you look at where the industry is going, I think uh, it's it's fantastic. Made it made it all the way to the last question before you stole my answer. But uh, no, it's uh, it, it really is that that point and, and being that next generation coming up. I think it's super important for companies to identify those people, the young people in the organization that are going to take through. I mean, our industry has been built by so many great and wise people that have done this for a long time. And I think there's that huge need to to identify that next set of leaders that are coming up and, and you know, show them the opportunity and the way forward and, and to continuously innovate. I, I think that's something we can all be proud of is this industry is driven by innovation. You see it in the trade show booths, you see it in the company, you see it in the technology and manufacturing, warehousing, transportation, sales, everywhere. I- innovation is, is everywhere. And I think that's, that's what makes me, as someone who is going to work in this industry for the next 20, 30 years, optimistic and excited you know, going forward. I think uh, to create passion into uh, younger people in the industry is is key factor. Um, it sounds like it was a little easier to find people that was ready to give their life seven days per week and 24 hours uh, per day uh, uh, back in the good days. Today's, today, people that join in, the younger people that's in the company, uh, they think they can work remote uh, from home if they don't feel good. It's possible, but it's different. Um, and, and they think it's like eight to four, and that's it. And it's very hard to combine real family life and work. Uh, today, there's a lot of things that pulling covers on, on the family side. So it's you need to develop the passion on the produce a different way. And you need to provoke and to create this opportunity. If you wait to people to come in with this, with this kind of passion, it's not going to happen. And, you know, life is beautiful. It's just not enough people who knows about it. Yeah. I mean, our industry, it's hard work. That's the end of it. it. It's work, and it's called work for a reason, right? So it, it's hard work, but I think if you, you love what you do, that's how you get the passion, and you care about the growers and the wholesalers. And once you care so much, then again, that's where the passion comes from. And then the reward of hard work, you had a few days off during the year with you Christmas and New Year's. Hard. Yes. <laughs> Christmas Oh, that must be nice. Is there any other questions? Steve. Stuart, you'd mentioned uh, the pendulum swinging with... Uh, Right now, there's a shortage of trucks, drivers, and the costs are up that we'll get more uh, trucks on the road. But the other challenge is we don't have drivers. We're shortage of drivers. It's going to get worse. Do you guys have an idea of how does that, how is that pendulum going to swing? What things, they've talked about automation with uh, automatic drivers or rail, but what's reality look like in the future? I think all the, the automated trucks and, and you see it and, and it gets great media and it gets great exposure. But the realistic fact is, I think in, in, you know, when you find people who are really in tune with it, that's 10, 15, 20 years. Realistically, just with the fact of a 80 to 90,000 pound vehicle driving down the highway. And, and, you know, we've seen it happen with an automated uh, driverless Uber that crashed and, and killed somebody. And it's just, it's unfortunate that those little incidents are going to push these things back over time, over time. Um, Cause one little, one instance or one one fault is going to put things into a, a delay. If you I think from a capacity standpoint, uh, you know, we got to try to, uh, you know, the pipelines are a contentious issue, but that's sucking up capacity on the rail. Um, so if we can get that sorted out, get, or pipe or, or through uh, <laughs> Quebec, there, my friend. Well, this, got, uh, <laughs> this got political all of a sudden here. <laughs> We have, to yeah. we have to figure out how we're going to where we're going to find this capacity. There's 34 percent less drivers than there was, you know, 10 years ago, and it's not changing. You know, it's a difficult life. It's a it's a tough it's a tough lifestyle, and it's not for everybody. So I don't really know 
to answer your question, Steve, where these guys are, are going to come from. Maybe we change our gas. We change our gas pipeline to a fruit pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, to answer your question also, uh, the gap is so big. I mean, it's not going to get any better in a year or two. No matter what you adopt as as, as law, regulation, change, whatever, it's, it's just not going to happen. So for every company, you has got to work on your best practices. You got to, there's things you do for a customer. Now you have to do them for your trucker. And you need to pamper them. Uh, make sure you got good unloading hours, um, unloading fees. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the company that's going to have the most problem to get their truck is the one that has the least good business practices. So let's make sure you're not in the top three of the worst business practices and, and you're going to have to pay for it, but you'll have your truck. I'd like, to, I'd like to ask a question about innovation. So often we talk about innovation, but it's in, in vague terms. And uh, it's a very busy industry. We tend to go to lots of trade shows all over North America. What are you doing to go outside of the box to other trade shows like, like the auto industry, like the electronics industry, to look for innovation that could potentially apply to, um, to horticulture? I have a great example from this show here as well. And, and somewhere on this trade show floor is a, is a natural gas semi-truck. Uh, Fortis BC uh, has been working in conjunction with the industry and, and some companies, Oppenheimer being one of them, to try and convert uh, to natural gas, say, on, on the natural resource thing. So um, there are companies, big corporations that are taking advantage. I know Pepsi, Frito-Lay, Waste Management, other companies are already starting that shift to the natural gas transport. Something very neat, very innovative, something different. In an industry that hasn't seen a ton of innovation, I mean, a, a truck and a trailer has been a truck and a trailer. Now there's been change around uh, emissions requirements and that type of thing and efficiencies in the care. But at the end of the day, that's something very u- new and unique uh, that I'm excited about anyway to see that shift to, to natural gas semi-trucks. So make sure you take a point to stop in and pick, uh, pick those guys' brains there. It's very interesting. Well, in, in Quebec provinces, uh, we have more access to natural gas, so... We've been there already five, six years ago, and we now operate about half of our fleet uh, on natural gas. It helps, but it brought other other issues. I mean, you know, you cannot fuel everywhere. I yeah. mean, you're restricted in the distance you can do. But uh, to answer the, the technology answer, uh, obviously, you have to be very curious. So we have a very big teams of people's uh, produce people. They come to these shows, but we got IT support. We have a big team. Uh, ten years ago, IT department in a company was two or three people. Today, it's ten, and you'll be surprised what they do. Everything is is belong to IT now, from phone to computer to lift to order picking. Uh, you can't move without without IT department. So, and the list is long. I mean, from going to technology show across North America, uh, it's something that we never did before. But in the last five or six years, uh, it's been it's been working very well, actually. Also, Karen, our suppliers, when you look, well, the tractor with John Deere today, but the packaging companies, they're bringing innovation, the seed companies, fertilizer, everybody, all of our suppliers are, are hopefully on the cutting edge and bringing that to our operations as well. And we're on time. Thank you very much, Stuart, Brent, and Geek. And you're off the hook. And that's it. That's all that we have for you this month on Produce Talks. I'd like to thank all our guests for being part of our show. Our sponsor, Nature Fresh Farms, your support is very appreciated. And I'd like to thank you for listening. 
Remember to check out elearning.cpma.ca to find out more about online training available from CPMA. Until next time, remember to seek out new knowledge, build your skills and abilities, and basically never stop growing.